Father, we thank you for the opportunity and privilege we have to spend in your presence, and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, that as we've gathered here this morning, our desire is to hear from you. And so again, I ask that you would hide me behind your word. May individuals not hear what I have to say, but what you say from your word. May we all have open ears, open hearts, that are willing to hear, and hands and feet that are willing to obey. We thank you for what you're going to share with us this morning. We pray that your purpose would be accomplished and your will will be done. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And we're going to be taking a quick look at togetherness. This is Marriage and Family Week. And the topic for Marriage and Family Week is Together We Overcome. Together we overcome. And the idea is that we are able to be successful. We are able to overcome. We are able to meet the challenges and the obstacles that life has to present. We are able to do it better if we do it together. And that is what I want to encourage you with, Lord willing, this morning. I want to note here that this text does not speak specifically about marriage, but this morning we're going to apply it to marriage. It speaks about companionship, which marriage is all about. And it speaks to the advantages of companionship and working together. But it also speaks a bit about the disadvantages that faces the individual who is alone. The authorship of this book is normally and traditionally ascribed to Solomon. It is his reasoning, as the text says, if you look in the passage, it is his reasoning under the sun and the conclusions that he came to. And with this stated, we can see the wisdom in the statements made in this particular book. The benefits of unity and working together are illustrated throughout Scripture. For instance, from Genesis 2.18, where it states that it is not good for the man to be alone, God says, I will make a helper suitable for him. Luke 10, 1 through 3 also speaks about the Lord sending out the 70, and he sent them out in pairs. He reminded them that they were going to be like lambs sent out amongst wolves, and that as lambs amongst wolves, the importance of being together, supporting one another, being there for one another. He knew they would face opposition. This is even spoken of regarding the church with one application in 1 Corinthians 12, 25, where the members are said to have care for one another. One of the things that, that, that I did, is, as you look through Scripture, there are a lot of one another passages. Scripture speaks quite um, greatly about the fact that we are to support one another, we are to love one another, we are to care for one another, we are to encourage one another, we are to provoke one another. And it speaks to this as it speaks to the value of togetherness. This morning we're talking particularly about marriage, but generally about the family, and not just the blood family, the brother and sister, the husband and wife, but also about our blood family, the family of God. 
It says, even the Talmud has a statement in the Jewish book. It says, a man without companions is like the left hand without the right. These verses allude to the Jewish life and the benefits of companionship in its various aspects. And we're going to look at it in its context and see what the passage is saying, and then we're going to do a bit of application. And I pray that the Lord would truly speak to our hearts this morning. The text is Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, and it reads, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. There are benefits of having someone else. The love that others offer to us. The companionship that others give us. The emotional needs that others meet. The meaning that others bring to our lives. The joy that others provide to us. The satisfaction we receive from being a companion to others and supporting and befriending them. These are some of the benefits. And we're going to go through four in particular that the writer speaks to. His thesis statement is that two are better than one. Two are better than one. And the following verses point to four situations that he uses to support his statement. And perhaps it says that the author may have been viewing Jewish life and seeing individuals involved in Jewish life and said, this is, this is an example of how having someone there with you is beneficial. Two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good return for the labor. Two persons working together can get more done. Even when they divide the profits, they still get a better return for their efforts than if they had worked alone. We see that the advantage of trying to lift the heavy load. You can try to strain on your own, but the benefits of having someone there to help you makes the load easier, makes the load lighter, can get more work done. And the task is easier. It also brings the benefit of encouragement. When you have someone there to support you, to encourage you in the work. We, we even see it in business ventures where partners come together, pool their resources, and they can see the benefit that comes from the mutual resources being pooled together, the knowledge, the understanding, the information, and they see the benefit. They see the reward. Even as simple as climbing a ladder. The benefit of someone holding the ladder while you go up. The benefit of, of someone working on a building, doing a job, and the task of having someone else, if it's, for instance, spreading mortar, someone has to mix it and pass it up to you so you can spread a while and you have to go back and forth. So there's a benefit of having someone with you. And we see the same benefit in marriage. When persons come together, when families come together, simple examples, financial resources, now, I know of some friends of mine at work who have a different view of this. One gentleman told me at a, at, a, at a discussion we had on finances, he said, whatever bills my wife had before we got married, that's her bills. 
And even though we're married now, her bills are for her, our bills are for us. Now, I don't necessarily aspire to that point of view, but that was in a, in a unique position. But the benefits of being together, because even if you come into a relationship with bills, imagine us both paying down on a bill, as opposed to one person doing it. We can pay the bill off quicker. Imagine us trying to raise children. There are those of us who come, in, come from single families, and we know the challenges and the struggles that come from trying to raise a child on their own. But there is a benefit with having someone there supporting you. Two working together. Sharing the responsibilities. Someone helping, supporting. We see children being encouraged as their parents work along with, work along with them as they do their homework. We see husband and wives encouraging one another as they take on tasks around the home. As husbands help out with washing the dishes. Amen? Otherwise, we'd say amen to that one. <laughs> Husbands helping out as their wives cook. Wives helping out in the yard. Maybe even mowing, helping mowing the lawn. Amen. <laughs> amen over there. But we see the benefit and support. And rather than one person trying to, to mow the lawn and trim the hedges and, and edge, we work together as a team. You can get more work done and in a shorter period of time. So there are benefits when two work together. We get a greater reward. The author continues. He says, we also, if we work together, there's a benefit in that labor. We see that also in ministry. When we come together, when we work together, we can get more done. We even see it now applied in our dealing with victims of the hurricane. Rather than one person just lending their hand, when all the people come together, when we work together as a team, we see the benefit. There is a greater reward. More people are able to be helped. More people are able to be supported. Teamwork. Togetherness. The author continues, If either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. It is said that the roads and paths in Palestine were not paved or even leveled. There were many hidden rocks in the fields, and it was not uncommon for even the most experienced traveler to stumble and fall, perhaps to break a bone or even fall in a hidden pit. And if a man were walking in the heat of the sun, and he would have fallen or injured himself, who would be there to help him? He could end up finding himself dying in his conditions, because there's no one there to help him up. In marriage, there are both physical there are spiritual, there are relational falls that happen. And there are the benefits of having a spouse who is there when you stumble and fall to help you get up, to support you, to encourage you, to, when necessary, challenge you, to not allow you to stay down, to not allow you to continue on, but they're able to pick you up and to help you to continue on. Even help in that healing process. Working together. Supporting one another. This could apply to many types of situations that persons find themselves in. Discouragement. Depression. You need someone to encourage you, to lift you up. 
when you fall into a state of sin. A friend or a loved one needs, to, needs, your help, needs you to help them to restore them, to bring them back into the fellowship with the Lord. We need someone to challenge us. We need someone to encourage us, someone to motivate us, someone to lift us up. Galatians 6, 1, through 1 and 2 says, Brethren, even as anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. In our body, persons may have stumbled and fell. <clears throat> I mean, preparing this, I heard someone said that the Christian army is the only army that shoots its wounded. That should not be the case in Calvary Bible Church. When someone falls in our physical family, in our spiritual family, we should help the other person up. We should not discourage. We should not keep down. We should be the one that lands that hand and helps and brings that brother up. And the same thing should be occurring in our relationships, in our marriages. He continues, Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Now, I can start off with this reference. This, 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 this is no, there's no sexual representation in this text. This is not talking about marriage, as I said, but it can be applied to that. So some of you are saying, two lying together, getting warm. No, this, this, this is not about that type of intimacy. This is an idea of two persons that are camping out or sleeping together. Again, this is the same scenario. You have the heat of the day, and in that climate, you've had the extreme of the cold of the night. And if you were caught out in the cold, without the proper clothing, without the proper... The benefits of having someone there to warm you, to be a support, to be right there under the blanket, two bodies coming together to provide that heat, the benefits of someone being there. But when you're alone, you can end up freezing to death. It says, two travelers camping out, staying in the court out of a public inn. The nights were cold. The only way to be warm alone was to carry extra blankets, which would in turn add to your load. So if you're traveling and trying to carry um, um, baggage, you don't want that extra weight. But you have someone to keep you warm. Marriage. Of course, yes, yes. Two people sleeping together, there's a benefit with that. But beyond that, there's the benefit of support. The text speaks to an issue, and I want to point out the provoking of one another to love and good works. It says, when the harsh realities of life harden our hearts or cause them to question God's plan, once again, family or friends are needed to warm our spirits. When we face challenges, we need one another to encourage one another. That's the reason we need to come together. Scripture again speaks 
in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, 24 to 25, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as we see the day drawing nigh. This relationship, this fellowship, this coming together is necessary. You're going to be out there, and you're going to be out there sometimes on your own. There are persons who are not going to agree with your point of view. There are persons who are not going to appreciate and like you. There are situations you're going to be in, and you need one another to encourage one another, to warm your hearts. Imagine you coming home, husband or wife, after a hard day. And that man walks through that door. This is only one perspective now, so women, don't, don't take this wrong. The man walks through the door, and his darling wife is waiting with open arms. Honey, how was your day? Come here. Take off the jacket. Take the suitcase. Okay, he's a working man. But he just sit down. Takes the suitcase, rests down, sits down in a chair, takes off his shoes and says, you relax for a while. I'll keep the kids away from you and allow you to catch yourself. Okay, okay, okay. I watch a lot of Hallmark, okay? <laughs> I, I love a good Hallmark. But guess what? That's one idea. The same thing can happen. A wife can come home, amen, women, and the husband can be there greeting her when she comes in the house. Maybe he's already cooked dinner. May oh, amen, I tell you. Maybe the kids' homework has already been done. And guess what? He provides that support because it was a cold, hard day. It says when calamities come in life and leave us out in the cold Literally and figuratively, we need the warmth of one another at these times. Again, speak to the scenario that we find ourselves with Hurricane Dorian. There are persons who have been literally left out in the cold, literally and figuratively, emotionally. There's no one else. They've lost a husband, a wife and children. They're alone. They're out in the cold. They need us to provide that warmth, to provide that support, to provide that encouragement. It may just be simply holding a hand. It may be a word of prayer. It may be just being there to know that someone cares. It may be providing some sort of support. But we need to be prepared to do that, to reach out and provide that support. Now, I want you to understand, there still are challenges in relationships. Everything will not go well. There are risks that we run. When we take a chance with relationship, we take a chance to get hurt. We take a chance to get betrayed. We take a chance for a person possibly to walk away and abandon us. But the reward is worth the risk. Especially as believers, the rewards are worth the risk. Our Heavenly Father has a reward for us. He has a reward for the husband and wife that stays. He has a reward for the husband and wife that encourages, that supports in spite of. He has a reward for you and I when we obey in spite of the circumstance and in spite of the situation. And if one 
can overpower him who is alone. Two can resist. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. In the ancient world, traveling was a risky and dangerous activity. When Jesus taught the parable about the Good Samaritan, he drew on an example commonly witnessed in that day, a traveler who had been attacked by thieves. The person who traveled alone was vulnerable. He put himself at risk. But persons seeing someone traveling with someone else, they'd be reluctant to take a chance. And the text says a cord of three strands is not quickly, easily torn apart. And so the person, persons may be even more reluctant to take a risk. Traveling as a group, I won't take that chance. It was dangerous. In marriage, we have an enemy. In our relationships, we have an enemy. The body of Christ, your marriage, your family, there is an enemy. And he wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy our family, the church. But we must stand together. We must support one another. When we see the enemy attack one, We've got to be prepared to come to the aid of that individual. When we see someone being under assault, we've got to be prepared to back them up and not be a part of the attack. I'll give you an example. And in some cases, it may be a bad example. But you find yourself in a situation where you're in a conversation with some individuals. You know, your husband is not the, the best husband. And someone chooses to take a crack at him. And what do you do? Yeah, but you know, that's, that's, that's how he is, you know. He, so. Don't support that. Don't encourage that. Don't promote that. Don't play with that. Someone attacks your, your mate. Someone attacks your spouse verbally puts them down, what's your job to do? Your job is to come to their what? Defense. Listen, don't let anyone. The text says, and if one can overpower him, he has enough issues. She. Someone speaks negatively about your wife. Child, she can't cook. She's a lousy woman. She can't. Listen, listen, listen. I love her food. Amen, brothers? Yeah, see, the single fellas laughing, you see. I'm <laughs> but guess what? That is whose wife? Whose wife is that? That's your is who wife? That's your wife. You don't know about talk with your wife? That's my wife. And you, you back your wife up. You don't know about taking no pot shots at your wife. The same thing happens to the family of God. We don't anybody take pot shots at our brothers and sisters in Christ. When someone takes a shot at them, no, 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 no. You, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't talking about my brother Michael now. No, 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 no. Until Michael tell me that himself, I ain't taking that like that. I got his back. I support him. I encourage him. Support. Back up. It says three chords, three chords. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. 
Of course, some people, again, use this analogy to marriage. And they use Jesus Christ as the third chord that comes into a relationship. And though the text doesn't speak to that, we recognize that in order for a marriage to truly be successful, there needs to be that third chord. Because I guarantee you, the ability to fulfill these things is only done when you have a relationship with who? Jesus Christ. You need a relationship with Christ to stand up, to support, to encourage in spite of the circumstance. It says marriage takes three. A poem. I once thought marriage took just two to make a go. But now I'm convinced it takes the Lord also. And not one marriage fails where crisis acts to enter as lovers come together with Jesus at the center. But marriage seldom thrives and homes are incomplete till he is welcomed there to help avoid defeat. In homes where Christ is first, it's obvious to see those unions really work for marriage still takes three. Now we come to application. So we've heard what the text says. The text speaks to us seeing the benefit and the labor. The text says that we are to encourage one another, provide that warmth and support. We sat here this morning and we've heard the text. Some of you probably read it before. You know all about it and what it says. But the question I ask of you this morning is this. Those of us who are married, those of us who are part of a family, that's everybody, those who are part of the body of Christ, what are you going to do? Yes, we've heard. But again, Scripture speaks about the fact. It talks about a man looking in a mirror, and after he looks in a mirror and sees, he walks away and forgets what he sees. It talks about faith without works being dead, because show me your faith by your works. It talks about seeing a brother in need and shutting up our bowels of compassion and, and not doing anything about it. So the question is, with an understanding of what this text says and how our relationships should be, ask yourself, are my relationships like this? Am I supporting and encouraging my mate? Am I defending them like I'm supposed to? Am I providing the support and the encouragement that they need? Am I doing the same thing? for the body of Christ? And the question is, if I'm not doing that, what does the Lord want me to do? It's a waste of time for us to sit and hear and do nothing. As the text says, it's like looking in the mirror, seeing the problem that the Word of God reflects in our lives, recognizing that I have a spot, but after seeing the spot, walking away, and forgetting, and doing nothing about it. So do you husbands, are you loving your wife like you should? You wives, are you submitting to your husbands? Children, are you obeying your parents? Brothers and sisters in Christ, are we supporting and encouraging one another? What are you going to do? Think of one thing, just one. 
Do I need to maybe pray for my spouse? This week, I'm just going to pray for my wife. I'm going to ask, honey, is, is there anything in particular maybe you need me to pray for my wife? Every day this week, in my devotion time, I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm going to spend some time with my family. This week, I'm going to put aside some time and ensure that I invest in my children, I invest in my family. You know what? I'm going to do it for the month. How many of you husbands, wives, have a date night? Don't answer that. A night that you specifically have set aside that you and your wife get together to focus on just you. Look in their eyes, remember them days, and talk about you, how you're feeling, what's going on. Not, not the kids now, just you. How many of you take the time to invest in your relationships? It is not going to happen on its own. What are you going to do? Because the things that the text says aren't going to happen by accident and just by hearing what the passage has to say. Faith that works is dead. Father, we thank you. And we pray that even as we have paused this morning that we have heard you speak to us. We pray, Father God, that you would challenge our hearts as husbands and wives, children, men and women, brothers and sisters in Christ. That you would challenge us to be obedient and take the steps to work toward the realization of these truths in our lives. Take some practical steps. May we take the time to wait and hear from you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.